Things Good Podcast. Hello and welcome to the HG Podcast. Today I'm joined by Denim Richards. Denim is best known for his work as an actor on Paramount Network's series Yellowstone as well as his upcoming film, The Chickasaw Rancher, and much more. Denim, how are you? Greetings, brother. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. Glad to have you on today. Uh, can you maybe just you know tell the listeners a, a little bit more about yourself and maybe where they've heard or seen you? I mean, yeah, I think you kind of laid it out. I mean, yeah, uh, obviously I'm on uh, you know Paramount Network's uh, you know show Yellowstone, where I play Colby. Uh, right now, season three is uh, currently airing. I believe we're getting. We're, I think we're either at our. We're going into our fifth episode or six. I can't even remember now. <laughs> um, but you know that airs on Sundays at nine o'clock, so everyone gets an opportunity to see. You know, see me there. And you know, I've done uh, a couple other things. I was on obviously Good Trouble on Freeform uh, this past season. So yeah, you know, I, I've been around, been been doing some things here and there. So you know, anybody that wants to find me can find me doing something. <laughs> Yep, that's awesome. Uh, how did you, you know, you first get into acting? You know, is it something you've always been passionate about, or something that you kind of just, you know, stumble into? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, uh, I think the arts just kind of always chose me. I think you know, when I was uh, in kindergarten, I was a part of like those like really bad plays that they would always do, <laughs> and uh, we had uh, one. You know, we would do these things, and we had these assemblies every Friday. And, like, all the grades would be, like, K through 8th, and I was in kindergarten, obviously. And so on the Fridays, um, everybody from the school would come, along with the teachers and the parents that could make it. And, you know, they would be like, hey, just wear this sign, and you stand in the front of the stage and just do that. <laughs> and then when I saw the crowd, and I saw I say the crowd, but when I saw the, you know, fellow students and some of the parents and teachers, I was like, oh, I can't just wear this sign and walk to the front of the stage. Like, there has to be much more to do. Um, and so it just when I started showing out and acting weird and all these other things, just completely taking away from everything that I wasn't supposed to be doing, or, or was supposed to be doing, I should say. And then uh, after that, the, the teachers like came to you know went up to my parents like, hey, we have this assembly that's coming up, and there'll be like several hundred people at this assembly, and you know, want to know if your son might want to sing, and they're like, yeah, sure. And so I sang, and uh, I just loved the reactions. I loved to be able to see the smiles on the faces of everybody. And <laughs> after that, it was just kind of like, yeah, I got into theater and then musical theater and then kind of like was dabbling into the opera thing for a little bit and then just, you know, kind of took the journey into television and film. So, you know, I just, I've never really known my life without the arts. Right. Yeah, so you've been going at it for a while here now then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a couple decades. <laughs> uh you know, so as you, you know, continued to, you know, do more, you know, theater, acting, uh, you know, what was like your first real moment where you're like, oh, I could, I could be a big time actor and actually make a, a career out of this? You know, I always thought that I could do that. Um, you know, I don't think that there was always a thing, like I've always been, you know, it's funny, uh, you know, my dad always says, you know, that there's a, you know, there's some people that are confident and there's other people that'll think you're cocky, but it's not your job to let them know the difference. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just always kind of believed that it's like my spirit always kind of led me to be an artist. And so I always felt like, man, I was like, I could really do this. But I did have, 
you know, some teachers, uh, you know, when I was in eighth grade and I was doing, I, I remember I missed like a, like several consecutive days of school. And, um, and it was also during the same time period where it was time to like pick an elective. Um, and so because I had missed these days when I got to pick an elective, the only opportunity left was to go into theater. And all my friends, like, made fun of me, like, ah, you know, it's the same thing. You know, they're at grade school, you know, they don't know anything. And uh, so I was like, I was like, man, this sucks. I got to be in this thing. And so, uh, you know, I get in there and, you know, we're doing improv and X, Y, and Z. And I remember my teacher, this, this my eighth grade drama teacher, like, pulled me aside. And she was like, you know, whatever you do, like, don't stop. Like, just do this. Um, and so I think I, that kind of, like, really kind of it, it, it planted a seed. Um, and I think that, you know, especially when I started getting more into musical theater and I saw, you know, if I could just really dedicate myself, I really believe that uh, some really, really great things could happen. Um, but again, you just always kind of have to get out of your own way. I think, you know, it's really hard because whenever you're trying to do something that a lot of people don't necessarily have a tremendous amount of success in, um, it can be really, really uh, difficult because you start to take advice from those same people. And so I think you always have to be really, really, you know, careful. Um, but I've always been kind of blessed. I've been very, very confident. So, you know, I think once I kind of got into the theater thing and I got rejected hundreds of times, you know, when I wanted to make the transition into television and film, because uh, it was a hard transition for me. Um, but, you know, you just kind of believed, you know, that this is what you're supposed to do. And so far, it's, it's, it's paid off. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, it's it's definitely always good to, you know, have people push you, but it like you said, definitely comes from, you know, having confidence. I think I think people I think people often inter try and intertwine cockiness and confidence, but for me, cockiness is you just always want to talk about yourself, but confidence is having the belief, you know, belief in yourself that you can do it. Absolutely. I think it's you know, and I think it's important. I think that, you know, Oftentimes, it's like if you listen to every single person that tells you that you can't do something, you'll never do anything, mm-hmm. right? And so I think that you have to just, you have to be very, very firm. And some, uh, sometimes there's people that, you know, when you want to do something, you have to just keep it to yourself um, and just do it, um, you know, and then let, let your work kind of be the person that, it, that does all the talking because then you start getting into all the people that want to tell you why. And, you know, they, it's always... There's a lot of people that will tell you that you can't do something and come out with all the statistics and the reasons why you can't do something. Right. But then when you say that you want to do something, you get very, very few people that be like, oh, yeah, you can. You know, so you have to just be very, very careful. But, like you know, like you said, I think that if you can just be confident in what you're doing and pour into that, you know, there will always be some type of positive result. And it may just not look like what you thought it was going to look like. Right. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like some of the best advice someone gave me one time is, you know, it's, told me just because someone loves you or they're close with you doesn't mean they have the best advice for you yeah you know and you have to be you just you know and oftentimes you know uh like you know in scripture it, it talks a lot about how you know you wouldn't ever go and ask somebody for instance somebody that doesn't work on cars you would never go ask them how to you know change their your oil right mm-hmm. so it's like you have to be very very careful about you know the people that you go and speak to about certain things because they may not even have the understanding about this thing that you're talking to them about, Mm -hmm. you know, so they're kind of going based off of their own understanding. And so, you know, 
it's so much, especially when you're going to entertainment, you know, it's an industry. And I think, you know, anything that's, that has to do with the arts, you know, the art starts kind of within um, and everything else is, is kind of a blessing. So, you don't, you just, just believe in yourself and everybody that always, you know, says that they want to get into, you know, the industry. It's just like, okay, you know, you have to identify why you want to be in it first and foremost, you know, because you, if you do it for the art, then you'll be able to do things that are, you know, longevity. But if you're just going in there to kind of like be a star, which is like go and hit a home run, you know, that's cool. But like, I'd rather hit, like have the guy on my team that wants to hit like 135 RBIs every season, <laughs> you know, this is so like, you know, that, that's, that, that's what I'm more into. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's all about having that, you know, core belief system in yourself and just, you know, even though, it, like you said, you can't hit a home run every time, but as long as you, you know, keep trying to hit singles, doubles or, or yeah, whatever. Just get on base. Just get, <laughs> just get on base and be, be somebody that they want in the game all the time. You know, and I think that that, that you can look back and, on a career because that's what your career is not ever made of one project it's made out of the multitude of projects that you've done and you know that's kind of what the goal is i think if you start in that headspace you kind of do yourself a a favor and you're not as hard on yourself when you don't get something Mm -hmm. yeah that's so true uh so you're you're going to appear in uh this new upcoming film called the chickasaw rancher uh you want to tell us a little, little bit more about that project yeah, you know, Chickasaw Rancher was a, such an awesome project. It was an amazing opportunity. You know, one of the, uh, like, kind of check check marks that I always wanted in my career was to always have the opportunity to play um, a real-life person. And my first uh, co-starring uh, feature film um, happened to be Chickasaw Rancher, where I got to play um, this, uh, you know, this real-life man named Jack Brown um, during the, you know, Civil War era, during the 1860s. Um, and uh, it's literally it's it's about um, this you know this sharecropper Jack Brown and this uh, cattle rancher named Mopperty Johnson who is a quote unquote Native American but obviously the natives to this land um, <laughs> in their relationship and what they end up doing is they ended up doing um, one of the biggest cattle draws at that time where they had taken. 1200 cattle and drove them 400 miles and it was something that had just never been done before that but because of that they they became like men of great renown and uh the character jack brown the guy the man that i play um he actually went on to become oklahoma's first sharecropper and so it was really a phenomenal opportunity to be able to play and i got to play opposite um martin sesmeyer who's a phenomenal actor as well um and so it's just a really really cool thing because I got to work with the great Native American community um, Mm -hmm. and learn so much about their community because there's a lot of um, ties to the African-American community and their community. Um, And so that was a really, really beautiful thing to learn more about that culture. Um, But then to also be a part of a, a film that is like educational but also entertaining all at the same time and that's like I'm all about that. So I'm really, really looking forward to getting to share that with everyone. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty cool. It's you know, true story. Uh, as as an actor, is it, you know, is it kind of more rewarding, or you know, more goes into it when it's a true story? Because you know, you really have to gather, um, you know, all the facts, and it, it's probably cool. Pl- like you said, playing an actual person. Yeah, you know, I, I for me, I, I think you know, everyone has a, a different opinion. I mean, I think that there's there's so much um, phenomenal history that hasn't been uncovered. And so anytime that we get an opportunity to um, kind of delve deeper into our history, I love that. Um, and I think that because of it, it's like even for the character Jack Brown, there wasn't, uh, or the band Jack Brown, I should say, um, there wasn't like a tremendous amount of information 
And so you really kind of had to build the character from the scenario of the time period outward. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and he would be like, you know, you would get books that are hundreds and hundreds of pages and then maybe there'd be like 10 pages about him. You know, and so it's like, you know, I remember one of the the great opportunities that I had um, was during the film, I had like a couple days off and I was able to actually go to his um, to his gravestone. Um, and it was like in the middle of nowhere. I had to like go off roading and jump over barbed wire fences. And it was like his literal his thing was like literally in the middle of nowhere. But it was just such a beautiful thing to be able to have been digging for several weeks up into the time of shooting and then actually be in it and then actually be able to have something physical to go and see and touch and kind of just spend time in that moment so for me personally that was that's always an awesome thing and there's so much of our history that we don't know and so many artifacts that if we really do the, the diligence um you know we have a better opportunity and now in 2020 when we have such a tremendous access to information there really isn't a a lot of excuses and reasons why we shouldn't be able to do uh you know more kind of historical pieces that talk about our past Mm -hmm. no yeah that's i mean it's probably you know a cool experience because you're essentially you know narrating history to people who you know i mean myself I've, i've never heard of you know the story so it's like almost when someone who hasn't heard the story or you know doesn't know about jack brown watching you they get you know a history lesson in terms of uh you know who he is and more about the story so it's you know probably pretty rewarding in that sense as well yeah yeah it's it's a it's a it's a great thing you know and i think that you know during this time i think that you know no matter what happens i think everybody still um like the best way to do education is through the form of entertainment um, because it does, it helps break biases, it helps break uh, cognitive dissonance, and so it helps break all these different barriers. So I think that if you can have something that is educational, entertaining, as well as edifying, I really feel like you hit a home run with being able to do something like that. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Uh, you know, so you've also done some directing and uh, writing in a, a short short film called The Zoo. Uh, what, what was that like And you know, kind of be, not being, in, uh, you know, doing more directing, writing side? Yes, um, you know, so the zoo was something that I just, you know, I was blessed with, you know, in 2012, it just um, was a story um, that, you know, I was just kind of sitting around and asking questions, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm very, very spiritual in that way with the most high, and I just feel like it was just kind of just dropped on me, Um, so it wasn't anything that I was necessarily like, oh, this is what I'm going to do, but it was uh, these, these stories that you know, like I was just telling you, it's like, you know, we have so many of our stories that just haven't been told. And um, so the zoo, you know, it talks about um, what the black experience was during Nazi Germany. And, you know, there's it's a kind of a time piece when there's not a lot of people that kind of parlay those two or having anything to do with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's so much education in that. But the zoo is also a double entendre because it not only speaks about the experience of black uh, of blacks during um nazi germany but it also is a talks about physical zoos that we actually had here in america and throughout europe um where they would actually have physical zoos like just like everybody has been to a zoo here where you go and see animals um they had that but for black people and you would go and you would buy a ticket and then you would walk around the zoo and you would just see black people like in huts and x y and z like 
they had to be reenacted as people, and they were making millions and millions of dollars um, off of having this. And we had these all the way up into the fifties and sixties in America. Um, and so again, this is just this is another part of history that just a lot of people don't know about. But it's like when I say history, it wasn't that long ago. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So right. yeah. it's, it's like a, it's like yes, it's history, but it also wasn't like. Well, this is something that happened a thousand years ago. It was like, no, 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 like, it was within your parents' generation. You know, like, um, so, you know, it's, again, like I was saying, you know, for me, I'm all about trying to take our our things that we've had and our experiences that we've had in the past, the things that we've gone through, but also the triumphs that we've been able to overcome, but also put it in a form of entertainment. And then on the back end of that entertainment, have an education, have a dialogue um, within that entertainment piece. And I think you kind of, like I said, I think you kind of have a win-win because you get a way to be able to educate and tell our stories, but then also do it in a way where you're not just like opening up a history book and just kind of shoving it down people's throats, which I think they're not very receptive to. Um, and so I think doing it in a form of entertainment, it's just more gratifying that way. Yeah, definitely. And I, you know, I think it's very important, uh, you know, to have, you know, forms of entertainment and, you know, teaching people those things, you know, like you said, people think that some of that stuff happened hundreds of years ago, but it's, it's crazy to think that that was, you know, going on so recently, it blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's very, there's a, you know, and it's, it's a, it, you know, it's a lot, and unfortunately, you know, it's a lot for a lot of people, like, for them to hear it, but it's also like, you know, those are our ancestors, those are our great-grandparents, or great-great-grandparents, they're the ones that lived through it, you right. know, so for there's so many people like, gosh, it's so difficult to hear this, I'm like, yeah, well, imagine the ones that actually had to go through that, right. you yeah. know, like, so, you know, and I think that, you know, even doing something like the zoo and being able to film it, you know, we had such a phenomenal team um, and a phenomenal group of artists um, and actors that got together and really poured themselves um, into these roles and into these characters, so I think that, you know, being able to do these, it kind of becomes also a healing process as well. Um, and I think that's probably the most beautiful thing. So, you know, I'm really, really excited to be able to to share this with the world when the time comes, because it really is something that, you know, we haven't seen before, but it's something I think we, you know, we need to see it. I think it's more, it's kind of more in line with things that I would like to do in the future about, you know, kind of writing and directing and creating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, going back to just how important it is, you know, like, when I was a little kid, I wasn't going to read a history book that was tossed my way, no matter, you know, I right. just didn't like reading back in the day. But, you know, right. now, now, you know, kids are more likely to watch Netflix or, you know, whatever uh, movie. So, you know, it's a great way to really inform inform people. And I also think uh, history books just don't really paint the picture that actually happened. Right, you know, and it's, and I mean, you, 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 you're so accurate with a, with a couple of your points in that. It's like, you know, and the funny thing is that it's like, you know, when I... I've always been really big on history, but the only problem that when I was in school, through history, I never really saw anybody that looked like me. It was like, oh, you were slaves, right. and then there was Martin Luther King, and then he was shot, and then, okay, there is, you know, Harriet Tubman, okay, cool, and then there was this, and then it was just like these little blurbs all over the place, mm-hmm. but then you would get poured in all of this European history, and next time I you're like, but what did that have to do with people that look like me, <laughs> you know? And it was always funny because the, the, the thing that when I, especially when I was super young, first, second, third, fourth, and fifth grade, you know, I really loved history was, was during that time when they would like roll in on the roller and they had that like really crappy TV that was strapped <laughs> onto the roller, you know, and they like bring in the cassette tape and plug it and you're like, oh my gosh, what weird, t- like what weird history thing are we going to get now? But it was like in entertainment, you know what I mean? Because right. it was something that felt like we were taking a break 
from just like open up your textbooks to page 74 right. you, know, you know and so it was like you know so for me i think like again that was like a seed that was planted to where it was like okay if you want to teach history i think that there's different ways to do it um and maybe take you more of like the magic school bus approach where you yeah. kind of like teach but you get them outside of the realm of what they usually would be used to and i think that that helps them become a little bit more receptive and a little bit more interested in history mm-hmm. yeah I, I totally agree uh so where can we uh you know expect you know uh maybe around the time when this movie will come out and uh is it still in post-production right now or we, we're you know we're, we're pretty much finished with the we're pretty much finished with it um you know and so now we're just kind of figuring out um the path that we're gonna take you know we there's a we, you know there's some circuits that we're gonna put it into um and there's uh you know possibly we're gonna you know get it to some universities and have some deeper conversations with it that way um so i think within the next um, couple of months i think we'll we're gonna have a, a better idea i think you know one of the hard parts about um the entertainment industry as a whole right now just because of all the kind of new uh things that have been going on you know the shutdowns and things it's like a lot of the kind of circuits and areas that you would think you'd be able to put it in it's kind of having to change just because of you know because of the new kind of regulations um if you will so we're kind of having to play it by ear but within the next couple of months we'll be able to have it on a platform where people will be able to see it um right now people can like the trailer's out um, and it's on my it's on my Instagram. People will be able to see it that way, and um, there'll be a lot more information as we go forward. And you know, the goal is to uh, you know be able to get the feature done and the limited series finished with it. So that's kind of what's going to be coming on on the back end of this. So this is just kind of the appetizer for a much larger conversation. Right. No, I, I think that's awesome, man. You're working on some great projects, and uh, I can't wait to see when you know they come out. Uh, yeah, you know, a lot of exciting stuff. Yeah, so, you know, you're also uh, an author as well, right? You wrote a book called uh, Mastering the Mind. Yeah, uh, t- yeah. Uh, you know, again, it was something, uh, you know, I say this is over and over about, like, you know, um, you know, I think it's big about edification and education. And I think, uh, you know, something that I, you know, was laid on me during the first shutdown, which was, was in March, where, you know, there are so many people that, you know, you knew that they were so much uncertainty, the anxiety, losing the jobs. Definitely. And one of the things that I know that, you know, the, a lot of the shutdowns did do was it kind of got people out of the rat race, if you will, for a moment. Yeah. Where it was like you kind of wake up and you go to your job and you come home, you're doing this. And so it was a thing to where I wanted to write kind of like this daily meditational kind of guide, this challenge where you kind of look at your situation, your circumstance and figure out how much of your daily situation and circumstance do you dictate yourself and how much of it is dictated for you? And I think that during this time, it was like if we could use this opportunity to kind of take advantage of maybe certain scenarios and situations of of having time to really focus on ourselves, um, that maybe when things kind of, I guess, if you will, and I hate using this term because it's just beaten to death, the new normal or whatever, if you will, (laughs) uh, which I cannot stand, um, but like, if you did something like that, where during this time you were kind of focusing more on yourself and not necessarily plugged into the news, because it's like you turn on the news and it's just like they might as well just put a scroll at the bottom, where it's just like things are getting worse, yeah. and they might as well just put that on the bottom of it. Yeah. Um, like no kind of like feeling of.
of anything positive or anything. Um, and so mastering your mind was something that I wanted just to create to get people to kind of focus more on themselves and focus more on the things that they want to do and focus more about maybe what they want their life to look like and really challenging themselves in that way in the hopes that that kind of ignites their own curiosity, but then also reignites kind of the, the opportunity to start focusing on things in their life that they've always wanted to do, but just kind of got lost in the everyday kind of rat, way, rat race, if you will, um, and kind of return them back to a more organic sense of self. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I think, you know, it's crucial these days is, you know, a lot of people are, you know, this is so new to everyone. It just seems like, you know, like you said, it's a new normal or, you know, it just doesn't seem like, you know, people's got, you know, negativity, anxiety are all through the roof right now. So uh, something yeah, like it's that's a, it's important. A, it's a hard time. You know, it's a hard time, uh, uh, especially when you're getting so much information and so much misinformation. And, you know, and I think that sometimes the smartest thing you can do is just unplug from all of it um, and just kind of focus on the things that you want to do because, you know, time waits for no one. And the only thing that you can't get back is time. And I think that, you know, no matter what happens, you don't want to look back on all this time where you're just plugged in to kind of hearing the same things and with a different person saying it with different colors. Yeah. Um, of, you know, just you know, brainwashed. Just, you, yeah, you know, you kind of just look back and go, man, I had months and months and months, but I just plugged into that. And what could I have accomplished for myself during that opportunity? And that's kind of what this book challenges you to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I've just been kind of saying we've been thrown into a different simulation for now, and you got to kind of figure it out as you go. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, you know, and, it, and it's hard. You know, it's a hard thing to do because you feel like if you're not plugged in, you don't have a lot of um, opportunity to kind of communicate with other people. But it's like if that's the only mode of communication that you're able to have, is that really – are you really missing anything? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. like at that point, it's like at what point are you getting stimulated or edified you know, um, spiritually and personally, are you getting filled up um, by just sitting there talking about the same things day to day? It's like, it's not that exciting. So it's like, unplug from it and go challenge yourself to go do a hobby and learn something new for yourself and pour into yourself for, you know, for a change because you actually have an opportunity to do that instead of just kind of consuming more of something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the uh, the proceeds for the book are going to is it Operation Underground Railroad? Is that yeah, yeah, uh, man, a phenomenal organization, uh, Operation Underground Railroad, um, which is dedicated to um, infiltrating um, child sex trafficking rings and um, creating a safe haven for the victims of uh, child uh, child sex trafficking and you know just adult sex trafficking, if you will. Um, and so Operation Underground Railroad, all the proceeds from the book go to them. Um, and again, it's a it's a great organization um, that and there's just there's so many other organizations that are now popping up, but they kind of really have been the, the forefront of this, mm-hmm. um, of these great men that have really dedicated their lives to just doing this. And it's something that we just don't talk about a lot in today's society. Um, you know, when there's, you know, over 800,000 children that go missing every single year i think it's almost like two thousand children a day go missing in the united states alone um you know and they don't just like wander off into a black hole you know what i mean uh so i think it's something that i think we need to start spending a little bit more time uh talking about because it's something that uh no matter if you don't talk about it or not it's still going on and so you know it was another opportunity for me to kind of shed light on some things that i really thought would be talking about so you know, you buy the book, you kind of get, you know, emotionally edified, but then you it's also going to a great cause uh, for people that are doing phenomenal work and getting their hands 
dirty with things that a lot of people just don't even want to even talk about. And these are the people that are living in it every single day of their lives. Right. No, yeah, that, that's such a great cause, man. And, you know, it's it's something that the, uh, the door could get blown off here really soon in terms of everything that's going on in that that yeah, area <laughs> you know it's a, it's you know it's, it, this is such a this is such a it's a time where uh you know like you said it's a you, you feel you always feel like you're closer and closer every day and then sometimes you feel like you're taking you know two steps forward and then 10 steps back you know and you're just kind of like you just never know and so I, one of the things i just always try to do is like you just keep it at the forefront and you just got to do it in your own way but I think the most important thing is if you're just talking about it, I think that people kind of become more aware and hopefully they, it, it leads them to wanting to do more research on it themselves. Um, and I think that that's the best thing that you can do is educate people in that way, right? And I mm-hmm. think uh, hopefully uh, at, any, at any point sometime here in the future, there'll be uh, some more uh, bigger information that will end up coming out. But, you know, who knows? I just have to kind of keep my eye on, on this road. Uh, and, and hopefully just lead people lead yeah. people to the information that way and we'll just see what happens. No, yeah, I think, you know, more and more people are educating them, you know, themselves about, you know, child sex trafficking and the thing that, you know, it's hard is, you know, it when it comes down to the Epstein case and all that, it's just, if, if Ghislaine Maxwell dies, I think the whole country just might throw an uproar and <laughs> into what's really well, happening. You know, and it's always, it's always the thing, you know, where you, you get into, you get into these bigger, higher pro, you know, profile cases. And, uh, you know, there's so many, there's so many things that, you know, uh, the everyday person just doesn't have any control over. Right. Yeah, and so I think that, you know, what happens is it's like I think the best thing that you can anyone could do is just to educate themselves and then to not, you know, you, you have to educate yourself and then just be very equipped, um, you know, with understanding the information, how to take information in. And then, you know, the chips are going to lay, you know, are going to be where they're going to be no matter what you know and what you don't know. Right. So it's like you mm-hmm. might as well know about what's going on. Because otherwise you won't, and therefore you won't be as shocked and surprised or taken aback when right. other information comes out. Um, so you know, just keep your finger on the pulse and keep educating, and hopefully educate other people that you know that are around you. And uh, you know, and, and we'll just kind of see what happens in the in the in the next coming months and coming years. Yep, <laughs> definitely. Uh, yeah, so uh, just before you know, I I end each podcast. I like to ask the guest. Uh, two specific questions so the first one is uh you know what would be your advice to someone trying to overcome failure and how to push through it well at first i think that there's no i think the only time that you've ever failed is when you stop um so i think that you know i'm a big 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 believer that you know every like you know when i go to sleep at night i don't control whether or not i wake up in the morning and you don't either um and so it's the thing where it's like if you wake up the next day and you have air in your lungs and you have a purpose and i think that you know you're not defined by what you would define as failures those are just learning opportunities so it's like take that quote-unquote failure and turn it into a stepping stone definitely yeah like you know for me with uh you know building this business and media it's like you know, it felt like walking through hell and back trying to build it, but I knew I couldn't stop or just be like, well, what, right. was, what was the point of start starting that? Cause, yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, and everybody has a thing, you know, like, you know, gold is always tried, you know, it's, it's best refined by fire, you know, and that's how you refine gold is by able to do that. So it's like, you know, you can't just, you know, we, we, we are in such a microwave society, right? We like everything quickly, um, but everything tastes better coming out of the oven. And so I think that's like anytime you have an idea or anytime that you have an unction to want to do something, 
you have to allow yourself to go through that fire. You have to allow yourself to take that time. Um, you know, and oftentimes it's like, you know, the best way you can protect yourself mentally and emotionally is keep it to yourself for a little bit because otherwise you feel like you're having to constantly check in with other people. They're like, hey, are you doing this? Are you doing this? And then that discourages you, you know, right. so it's just like just focus on what you're doing. Keep your, you know, keep your hand on the plow and just keep plowing forward and don't worry about looking back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I always say, you know, for your goals or your dreams or whatever it may be. You gotta be willing to truck through mud to get there, and you know, just keep trucking through it. Yeah, it's, it's it's seed time and harvest, man. It's like you plant the seed, you get the harvest. You're never really gonna appreciate the harvest, but when you fall in love with the plowing and you fall in love with the work that goes into it, you, how much more you begin to appreciate the harvest at the end of it. Yep, for sure. And uh, yeah, so the second question is a little bit similar. It's uh, in your own words, what do you think defines success? Uh, I mean, so to me, what defines success is being able to have nothing and be completely fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we are such a, uh, we are very materialistic in this society where we always okay. have, you know, it's the next thing and it's always the grass is greener on the other side. And it's, you know, we always have this, it's like we trick ourselves with a carrot at every single destination. Oh, if I just get this, I'll be happy. Then you get that, then it becomes the next thing. And so it's like, then you're chasing the, down this rabbit hole and then you look up at the bottom of this rabbit hole and you're like there's nothing here and then you're like wow look how far down i am away from who i actually am as a person right. and yeah. so i think that having nothing and when i say having nothing it means that you're filled with something i think you have to be filled spiritually before you can have anything outside that can be remotely gratifying because all those things you can't take it you know you can't take it with you right mm-hmm. like we came from the dust of the ground and we're going to return back to the dust of the ground and everything else here is just on loan so it's like if you can be perfectly filled with just being with yourself and what you have coming within you, um, everything else just becomes an added bonus and something that you can bless other people on. But to me, the greatest kind of form of success is being able to just have nothing and be completely fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it, it all goes back to just being happy, you know. Like, I, yeah. I used to be the type of person I was, you know, I was always hungry for more, looking, you know, what's the next big thing I can do? And mm-hmm. eventually, eventually I came to the point I was like, well, shit, I'm not even appreciating everything going on right now and i'm right. you know it's I'm not happy you know you can't you can't because you're always looking you know we're and we're always like that right we're like we're always like we just get to this destination and then it's the next thing and some people we define that as like well no that's tenacity and it's like right but that also that same flame that same kind of torch that you're carrying can also be the same torch that burns your whole house down oh yeah you know so you have to be very very careful about what you use as your motivational tool because oftentimes that very same thing could be the same thing that ends up eating you when it gets too big. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that you just have to be very, very careful. And I think that that's also a great understanding of when you're, whatever it is that you're doing, identify why it is that you're doing it. Cause if you're doing it so that you can accumulate things, those things are going to swallow you up and there's always going to be something or someone that has one more thing than you have. Mm-hmm. So it's like at some point, just sit back, and appreciate the fact that you got food, you have roof over your head, you got, you know, clothes on your back, you got health, you have everything. Everything else outside of that is just a blessing. Mm-hmm. So true, man. Uh, yeah, so just for a recap for everyone listening, this has been uh, an HEG podcast with Denim Richards. Uh, be sure to check him out on Instagram. Is it at Denim Richards? Correct. Yeah, everything's at Twitter, at Denim Richards, uh, and at Denim Richards on Instagram. Awesome, man. I appreciate you joining us today. Man, thank you so much, and uh, thank you for having me. I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, of course.